FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 414 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host, evil doppelganger Jason Minable. And this is a very evil flashback episode on Infinity War. That's right. I'm sorry. The Infinity War. I'm so evil I don't even use, um... Whatever the hell those words are called. (laughs) I wanted to say pronouns, and I know 100% that's not right. Um, But anyway, yeah. The Infinity War, and guys, we are going to blitz through this for a couple of reasons. Um, One, Wolverine is in a lot of these books, but he doesn't have a lot to do. Well, I take that back. I mean, he does some cool stuff, and we'll definitely talk about those instances when they occur. But there's also a ton of tie-ins and he's in a lot of them, like, in a panel or in a group shot. And let's be honest, why not? Because it's 1992, and who doesn't want to draw Wolverine? If you have the chance, hey, he's part of this event I'm tying into. I'm going to throw him in this panel because I want to draw Wolverine. Yeah, you would, right? I mean, who, who wouldn't do that in 1992 as a comic book artist? You'd be like, yep. Bring me some Wolverine. I'll just throw him in right here. He's going to cut this guy or yell at this guy or run over there or run through the background or stand with these heroes. I mean, a lot, a ton of that <laughs> in this event, which there are a ton of chapters in. I mean, it's a six-issue series, but there are a bajillion tie-ins. I think I was going to count them, and I lost count um, <laughs> because, you know... And just there's there's a ton. And we're going to at least mention a lot of those. But we're going to go really quickly. The other reason is because there's a show I love dearly that will cover all of this in depth a little bit down the road. And that, of course, is uh, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast hosted by good friend Al Sedano. And... You know, in different circumstances, I know I had him and Grant from The Cable Guide on to talk about Infinity Gauntlet. I thought about doing something similar with this one, but there's just so much to read. I wanted to knock it all out. I didn't think it was fair to ask anyone else to read all this, like, in one sitting. Not that I did that. We'll get get there in a second. Um, and, yeah, and, and then there's also other other scheduling factors that were going into this. And, and I have something else I want Al to come on. Uh, for uh, not too far from here um, kind of a fantastic four reunion because he helped me cover those initial episodes where we had the 90s uh, recast of the fantastic four that included Wolverine um, and that that gets a little bit of a uh, uh, a callback in an upcoming fantastic four story so I'm hoping I haven't actually asked him yet so Al if you're listening <laughs> expect a message in the coming days um about the possibilities of, of covering that, maybe. Um, the, the kicker will be, I haven't checked to see if Secret Defenders is on Marvel Unlimited, and those issues 
kind of go together, and I was planning on covering them on the same episode, so I don't, anyway, I, I'm throwing a lot of speculation out there, but, but I, I definitely love Al and Grant both, they've both been very kind to the show, been very good friends, I've enjoyed going on their shows, and thinking of Grant, I have more to say about that at the end of the episode, uh, when we talk about what's coming up next, um, that's pretty cool, um, yeah, so, so basically, what what I'm hoping to do here, basically, is condense about two weeks worth of reading <laughs> into less than two hours of podcast. Because <laughs> that's about how long it took me to read through all this. And I, guys, as much as I could, whether getting a cheap physical copy or reading online, I, I read all of this with very few exceptions so it took a while and we're not going to spend near the amount of time <laughs> talking about it which i think is normally the case right but i think even more so on this one like i really am planning to just kind of let it rip we're going to move through these pretty quick and not because it's a bad story because actually there are parts of it i love and, you know, as with any event of this magnitude, some of the tie-ins are better than others. But, um, yeah. So, Infinity War, which is, in a sense, a sequel to Infinity Gauntlet. Um, you know, after Infinity Gauntlet, of course, Adam was resurrected out of the Soul Stone, and, or Gem, depending on which vernacular you prefer, and uh, got the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos, uh, everyone thought Thanos was dead. He actually banished or exiled Thanos to this this planet that has lots of tall grass uh, to to be at peace. And then he struggled with omnipotence uh, that kicked off the Adam Warlock and the Infinity Watch series, which is really really good as well. Um, where he kind of decided, you know what? I don't know about all this omnipotent stuff. I'm not sure I'm cut out for it. And basically he expelled good and evil from himself so that he can just have logic. And we'll get more into that in the series. That's a pretty key part of this whole event. Um, and then after that, he split the Infinity Gems up uh, among the members of the Infinity Watch basically to uh, be caretakers of the gems. And then during a cosmic council early in the Infinity Watch series, uh, the living tribunal uh, basically declares in reality that the gems will still work but they can't work together anymore. Uh, basically as an attempt to prevent anyone from reassembling the gems either in a gauntlet as they were or, or any other form for that matter. You know, the infinity shoe is also no longer on the table. Um, so that's kind of the base, the most basic background. Um, now, I say it's a sequel. I think really the Infinity Watch book is like directly a sequel to Infinity Gauntlet. And this event kind of springs springboards out of that book into a, a event that, that covers most of the heroes. I mean, not every single Marvel hero in 1992 is in this, but a good chunk of them are <laughs> at various points and at various levels of participation. And so... That's kind of the preamble. I think let's just get into it. Let's get into our Infinity Blitz. That's what we'll call this, an Infinity Blitz. So we're going to start off with the Infinity War, 
number one, numero uno, Cathonic Maneuvers is this one. And let me find the credits, because those are important. So they might be at the end of this one. Let's see. Yes, they are. So, Jim Starlin is the writer. Ron Lim is the penciler. Al Milgram is the inker. Um, Max Scheel and Ian Laughlin do the colors. Jack Morelli does the letters. And on all of these covers, we have a trifold cover. What I think I'm saying that right. But what I mean by that is basically, you have your standard wraparound cover, where the art starts on the back from left to right, wraps around to the front of the cover, which is what you see on the newsstand. And when I say trifold, if I'm saying it right, is that then from there, the front cover also folds out into a double cover. So you basically have three covers. And this one is, um, it's not bad. It's probably one of the least interesting of the six. But I understand its purpose. It's basically just a huge poster of Ron Lim with a group shot. Of, of all the heroes. And front and center in the foreground are Captain America and our boy Wolverine. And then behind him, of course, is Adam Warlock shrouded in his red cape, which he looks awesome. The soul gem smoking from his forehead. And then in the background, not visible from the front cover, but uh, on the back from the left, you have a giant head of the Magus. Or may just, you know, I, I don't remember what Al pronounces it, and I prefer to go with this pronunciation because I assume he's the expert. <laughs> um, and then on the right, which would be the, the part that folds out of the cover, is a grimacing Thanos head. And so those are our two specters of their purple faces leering at each other in the background of all of these heroes. And I mean, there's a bunch. Too many to even name at this point, at least for the purposes of this podcast. So, you know, what the hell, let's see if I can name them all. So, in the back row, from left to right, we have Drax, Crystal, Strong Guy, Human Torch, Colossus, Wolfsbane, Somebody, Henry Pym, <laughs> She-Hulk. I don't know if that's supposed to be Wasp, or maybe um, the girl from New Warriors. I uh, can't remember, not Shade. Um, <sighs> Stiletto, yeah. Um... She-Hulk, Hawkeye, Vision, Jean Grey, who is inexplicably called Marvel Woman through most of this, though I think in the X-Book she's just mostly Jean Grey at this point. <laughs> uh, Black Knight, Archangel, Gamora, Quicksilver, no, that's Wasp, uh, Scarlet Witch, North Star, then the next, Sasquatch, then we have Forge, Aurora, Spider-Woman, uh, I think in my notes I, I later I call him Spider as Weapon Omega from Alpha Flight. Um, Moon Knight. I think I already said Colossus. So Moon Dragon. Quasar. Mr. Fantastic. Adam Warlock. Spider-Man. Silver Surfer. Sue Storm. Speedball. Firestar. Gambit. Doctor Strange. Namorita. Psylocke. Uh, Vindicator or Guardian? Uh, Heather Hudson, whatever she's going by at the time with her little goggles. Um, Iron Man. And then, right behind the front row, it's kind of the intermediary row, we have Beast, Wonder Man, Black Widow, I think I already said Rogue, uh, Multiple Man, <laughs> Daredevil, uh, Shaman, Thing, 
And then across the front we have Hulk, Havoc, Nova, Cyclops. Then I already mentioned Wolverine and Captain America. And then on the other side of Captain America we have Storm, Thing, Professor X, and Thor. So the only one I'm not sure about is the person flanking between Wolf's Bane and Henry Pym. So, if you know who that is, let me know. Tweet at me. Alright. So here we go. A mysterious threatening energy pulls Thanos out of exile. Uh, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Wolverine, and Mr. Fantastic encounter evil doppelgangers. Uh, Thanos, Galactus, and Doom all search for the source of the power. Thanos finds it and finds the mag Magus? Magus? I don't know. Ah. As well as an alternate of himself. Of note, and other people spell this out later. It's just kind of given to you here. I think it's really interesting that Thanos' evil doppelganger is just another Thanos. Like, it's not a twisted version. It's just a straight copy. It's just, here's Thanos, here's evil Thanos. They're the same. <laughs> anyway, uh, Thanos and uh, the Magus wax philosophical about power. Um, Thanos has denounced his thirst for conquest, uh, disappointing the Magus. Um, worth noting, this power is described as near infinity gauntlet levels. Uh, Thanos has shown an army of do doppelgangers before being teleported away forcibly. Uh, when Wolverine defeats his doppelganger in the Canadian wilderness, it vanishes into light particles. Mr. Fantastic calls the Avengers, X-Men, New Warriors, West Coast Avengers, X-Factor, and Alpha Flight, like I said, everybody, all the heroes, for an emergency meeting. Galactus seeks out Doctor Strange, um, Doom summons Kang, and Thanos goes to enlist help from Adam Warlock and the Infinity Watch on their new Monster Island base. Uh, the story is a slow burn, but it's pretty interesting, and the art is pretty good. So, our, our Wolverine key moment, well, first of all, I love the Thanos Scarecrow that he has in Exile. Um, he put his old suit on a Thanos Scarecrow in the grass. It's pretty great. And then the other thing that I think is really worth mentioning, can we get into the doppelganger designs? We meet our Spider-Man doppelganger, which has the, the bug eyes, like the multiple lensed eye. Uh, you know, a drooly thing mouth and, of course, extra arms. Um, in this version, Wolverine's doppelganger actually changes depending on the artist and depending on the issue. In this version, he's a very colorful character. He has green pants and blue underwear, red belt, and a brown stripe, and his skin is almost pink. It almost It's not a shirt. You can see his body here. And then he has the classic, like, uh, what I usually referred to as like the um, uh, Dark Claw <laughs> um, mask on his um, or fins on his mask on his cowl. They're basically ripped and tattered and they bleed in just a black face with red eyes and of course white teeth. Interesting, his doppelganger instead of having three claws from the, his forearm have adamantium claws extending from each finger, so like fingernails. And of course Wolverine, you know, fights him and they fight in the snow. It's a pretty cool scene. Um, you know, the fight with Mr. Fantastic and his doppelganger is a pretty cool scene. There's just arms everywhere. Um, 
And the, the panel of the doppelganger leaping at Wolverine when he knocks him down the first time looks awesome. It kind of looks like Ripclaw, honestly. Um, but then the snow, like the snow falling in the background is a pretty cool. Then, of course, Wolverine gets the upper hand by stabbing him with three claws in the chest, and that's when he disintegrates. Um, and Wolverine's like, hmm. And he walks off into the snow. Um, yeah, we see the first time the tentacles of the doppelgangers as they, as Iron Man's doppelganger defeats Iron Man and wraps him up in these tentacles. We don't know what they're doing exactly yet, but we'll find that out later. Um, yeah, a lot of the other doppelgangers are just classic, like, evil versions, mostly evil grins. There's a lot of evil grinning in this book and in this series. The Magus, in particular, has this Ron Lamb-like grimace slash grin and just looks evil. Um, but anyway, I did promise I was going to go quick and I'm already burning up a lot of time. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to give the Infinity War number one five out of six claws. It's, like I said, it's a slow burn, but it's really interesting and the art is pretty good. So, next we're going to move to Fantastic Four, number 366. This is uh, Plot, Pencils, and Script. So just basically a joint creative effort by Tom DeFalco and Paul Ryan. Um, so plot by both of them, DeFalco doing the words and Ryan doing the pencils. Uh, Danny Bolinati does the inks. Going does the colors. Morelli does the letters. And this is The Enemy Within. On our cover, we have evil doppelganger Reed Richards uh, stretching and strangling Reed Richards, and he's yelling, destroy in the lab. Um, so basically, concurrent to Infinity War number one, because we already know the outcome of this, um, Magus and his Thanos watch over their doppelganger shades fight Spider-Man, Iron Man, and Wolverine on MTV. Get it? Magus TV. Um, back at Four Freedoms Plaza, Human Torch fights with Reed about the science constantly endangering them. Uh, after Ben breaks it up, Sue argues with Reed about the, uh, the life they're giving Franklin, who is seemingly asleep, but his eyes do glow with power. That really won't pay off during this event, but definitely might want to know about it for future events or future stories with Wolverine in them, maybe. Um, back in the lab, Reed's shade attacks, revealing he is Reed's dark side giving form. The Reeds are evenly matched in a nice fight sequence until evil Reed finally reaches a microwave gun and KO's good Reed. Evil Reed wraps him up in a creepy tentacle cocoon. Um... Before we got into the story, because I'm reading this, by the way, for the first time, um, I wondered if it was Magus lore, but I don't think it is. I think it's just the way that he created the doppelgangers. But what struck me as odd is it looks like a gross version of Adam Warlock's cocoon. So I, I didn't know if maybe there's a connection there, but I don't, I don't think there is, um, once we get to the whole story. Uh, Evil Reed then replaces Good Reed, so I think the assumption is, at this point, that Evil Reed is who called the meeting at the end of Affinity War number one. So, this, the art is pretty good. The story is good action and good melodrama. Um, I'm going to give Fantastic Four 366 
five out of six claws. I think our only Wolverine appearance was on uh, MTV as they're watching him fight his doppelganger. So, there's also a tie-in for Captain America 408. Really, the only thing here, um, he fights his doppelganger, um, and I was right about the calf whoop the cap wolf story when i covered that i said i'm pretty sure that john jameson was there the whole time and he was he was a big white wolf um and uh also worth mentioning in this issue at least uh, evil cap has a shield like a circular saw so there are also there's spider-man 24 which is also concurrent to infinity war number one and uh, Spidey fights his doppelganger while, Ho- while Hobgoblin fights Demogoblin. And it's a pretty good issue. The art's pretty good. It has a nice cover by Bagley. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a good series still at that point, I think. Um, then in Daredevil 310, Nomad number 7 and Deathlock number 16. I do not have those and they're not in Marvel Unlimited, so I had to skip those. Uh, the Daredevil story, I think, involves... Um, uh, what's her name? The voodoo woman from Torment, the first Spider-Man Tom McFarlane story with the wizard. Uh, Calypso. Or Callisto. No, Calypso. Um, Callisto's uh, X-Men. Um, and, of course, the, the Daredevil doppelganger. I think that's, that's that story. Nomad, interestingly enough, according to the cover, fights Gambit's doppelganger, which I thought was kind of weird. And then Deathlock, I can't tell me if it's his doppelganger or a doppelganger of the previous Deathlock. Remember when we talked about that book a couple of episodes ago, we mentioned you know that they were on it, at least the second Deathlock <laughs> in Marvel continuity, and so um, I think it's hard to tell from the cover whether he's fighting a doppelganger of himself or a version of another Deathlock. Alright, so then Doctor Strange number 42, um, is a rag cover of Galactus holding Doctor Strange in the palm of his hand. Uh, basically, Galactus comes to Earth to collect Doctor Strange for help on figuring out why Eternity is non-responsive. But Silver Surfer objects. Because he sees Galactus on Earth, and he's like, no, no way, no way. So, speaking of that, in Silver Surfer number 67, uh, following Nebula's trial and detainment on Titan, the surfer talks to Mentor about Thanos' childhood when a report comes in that Galactus has returned to Earth. Assuming the worst, Silver, Surf, Silver surfs to the planet to confront Galactus until Doctor Strange says, No, it's okay. I need to help Galactus with eternity. So that's going to take us into Doctor Strange 43, where Galactus hooks up Doctor Strange, or more importantly, the all-seeing Eye of Agamotto, to space science machines so they can use the Eye to spy on other dimensions in search of Eternity's Tormentor. Um, I mentioned when we covered an issue a few episodes ago on Doctor Strange that I wasn't familiar with Jeff Isherwood, but that I really liked his art, and that definitely continues. Um, these Doctor Strange tie-ins will be on the stronger side of the tie-ins to this event. Okay, so that's going to take us to Infinity War number two. I think the credits are the same. I can find them. Yep, they are. So this is Ethereal Revisionism. And the cover is, again, a trifold cover. Uh, This one is better, though. I mean, it's, it's action. 
71 fighting. We have some pretty cool matchups, some pretty interesting matchups. Uh, front and center is Wolverine fighting Captain America with a classic uh, vision of his claws scraping off of the cap shield. And we also have Cyclops blasting U.S. Agent in the foreground. We have Hulk versus Strong Guy, which is interesting. Um, Jean Grey is kinetically skadooshing off Speedball. Um, what are some of the other ones that are interesting? Thor versus Storm. Uh, Gambit versus Black Knight is kind of cool. Uh, Daredevil fighting a gaggle of multiples, man, um, is interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a much better cover than the first one, not because the milk or uh, limb is drawing better. It's just there's more going on. It's a more interesting cover than just everyone standing around um, like for a class picture. That's what number one reminds me of, like a senior picture of your whole class. And you like go out to the football field and stand in the bleachers and they take like a long panoramic of everyone in your class. Um, then you get it back and you're like, where am I? <laughs> In this, um, you almost need like the uh, the Sergeant Pepper's key, where you have the diagram on the back with numbers in the heads, and you look down at the bottom to read all the names corresponding to the numbers. No, no one else. Anyway, um, all right, Infinity War number two. Uh, funny meaning space. Oh, sorry. What? What did I write? Oh. So we have our meeting at Four Freedoms Plaza. All the heroes have gathered. There's a couple interesting things that I wanted to point out. Um, Multiple's man at a card table playing cards with themselves. Moon Knight standing off in the corner by himself, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah, some other people kind of getting together. Um, I don't think Wolverine's actually on this page. But yeah, just people kind of talking. They, have, they stuck Puck with Strong Guy and Sasquatch. And he looks so tiny. Because, <laughs> of course, they're so huge. Um, but, yeah. And Lim gives Gambit, like, the biggest swoosh and poof of hair imaginable. Um, it's, it's comedic in its proportions. Anyway, so that was that was the meeting. Uh, the first couple of pages there. Um, so, Reed calls a meeting for all the heroes at Four, Freedom, Four Freedoms Plaza... Upon learning of the Magus' return, Warlock convinces the Watch that they need Thanos. Galactus and crew find an energy configuration of immense complexity and power in a cave. They use the Eye of Agamotto to trace the source and depart. Doom and Kang plant a tracer on Galactus' ship. Uh, Pip uses the Space Gem and Thanos' directions to teleport the new watch to the Infinity Well at Death's Temple. The well really just catches us up on all things Magnus. Back on Earth, Reed tells everyone about the evil doppelgangers and their plan to replace the heroes. Wolverine comes in late and says Reed and Iron Man are fakes according to their scent. He also blows cigar smoke in Iron Man's face, which is funny. Um, Professor X can't tell who's fake if anyone. Uh, Death, back at the temple, startles the watch and sends them home. Uh, back at Four Freedoms Plaza again, Daredevil picks up something alarming with his radar sense and attacks Reed. Then Iron Man blasts Wolverine. Chaos breaks out 
uh, culminating in a great splash page of big fights, including Wolverine vs. Hulk. Uh, however, Reed hits a button on his podium, revealing a gamma dong, I mean bomb. It explodes, but this makes uh, the matches revel in glee. Art in here is really nice. The story picks up pace, for sure. Uh, a lot going on, lots of moving pieces. Um, it's really cool. Um, Magus looks like a great He-Man figure that I want. Um, with his muscles and his leotard and his samurai ponytail and his purple skin. Like, you can easily repaint. Well, you, you need a new head for the samurai ponytail. But there's some He-Man figures you can repaint to look like the Magus. And it would look pretty good. Um... Yeah, we see the energy source. The uh, the Infinity Well looks amazing. Of course, remember uh, when Thanos was first gathering the gems, he went there to kind of figure out where they all are. So he has a a pre predilection of of figuring out how to find those things. Um, yeah, and then Wolverine comes in and and gives everyone what's what. Uh, this is pretty fun. It's cool that he can tell the difference. It is weird that he comes in in his costume, thons, gloves, and cow, in a big, like he stole a trench coat out of Gambit's closet. <laughs> and of course, he's lighting up a cigarette because it's 1992 and Wolverine is a chain smoker. Um, yeah, and then our our magic history is is interesting. We you know we get all the counter stuff. We also figure out that that he was created by when Adam expelled good and evil when he had the Infinity Gauntlet uh, that allowed Magus to reform wholly from Adam Warlock's evil side so while he's creating doppelgangers he almost is a doppelganger in and of himself um, but yeah um, lots of fighting Wolverine having his snaz uh you know, follow the nose. The page of him fighting the Hulk is is an awesome page. Also on that page, um, Rogue and Nova go at it. Um, what are some other ones? Uh, U.S. Agent punches Gambit. Um, strong Guy punches Speedball. Uh, Colossus tries to hold back Iron Man. Um, yeah, lots of cool fights in this book. Um, and it just it really moves. It really moves forward. Um, I'm going to give Infinity War number two six out of six claws. I think this is this is perfect 90s cosmic comic booking I, as far as I'm concerned. All right. So that's going to take us back to Fantastic Four 367, which um, it's still DeFalco and Ryan, but we have Ivy and Chrissing doing the inks this time. John Babcock doing the letters. And we find out that Going's first name is Gina, doing the colors. Um, and on the cover by Ryan, we have Thing's Doppelganger, which looks a whole lot like Thing had looked previously. It's a really bumpy, spiky thing. Um, he's got a big steel girder, and he hits Thing in the face and knocks him over. It's a pretty, it's a pretty nice cover. Um, so while Thing fights his Doppelganger, Sue discovers that Reed has been replaced. She sees Wolverine sneaking in on the security monitors, and uh, that catches us up to Infinity War number two and the Gamma Bomb explosion. Um, so, 
A couple of things to note uh, by Read Betrayed is the title. On the title page, we have the scene of Fantastic Four contacting the X-Men Blue Team. And just like on that iconic cover we covered last time, where you have our team and the beast is upside down, here on the view screen we have Cyclops, Jean, Rogue, and Colossus in human form, and Beast hanging upside down in the background with his hands behind his head. Uh, it's pretty great. Um, and then the other kind of part worth mentioning, um, there's a lot of Fantastic Four subplot melodrama that's pretty good. Um, we see Wolverine kind of crawling through um, the tunnels. There's one thing where Sue says that he's penetrated so deeply. <laughs> Not yet, as he would. Um, he's good. I'm impressed. <laughs> she says, he's good. I'm impressed that he managed to penetrate so deeply. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, he, he's good. He's good, Sue. Yes. Anyway, I'm going to give Fantastic Four 367 5 out of 6 claws. Trying to continue to pick up the pace. I'm not really sticking to my plan here. Um, so Fantastic Four 368 will be next. By the way, I'm going by the complete Marvel reading order for my, my order here. Um, this is Day of the Doppelgangers or Day of the Dark Side. Looks like Tom Volandi back on inks. Everything else is the same. On this cover by Ryan, we have Human Torch being attacked by X-Men doppelgangers. This time the Wolverine doppelganger is a little more standard. Uh, he has the, the evil fangs, the pointy ears, extra long hair, and then on his shoulder pads he has spikes. And that's about the gist of it. Um, it's a fine cover. Uh, so, uh, Sue saves our heroes by containing the Gamma Blast in an invisible force field. Thor makes a tornado and redirects the radiation to outer space. Uh, Magus and the other Thanos, um, rescue Evil Reed and Iron Man from FF Plaza. Human Torch gets mad and flies off, as he does, and is attacked by his Doppel and Evil X-Men. Including, you know, like we said, a new Wolverine doppelganger. And this also helps move the plot point forward that there is an endless supply of these doppelgangers. If you kill one, another one pop can be created and pop up. Um, so Johnny torches bad Wolvie and discovers the evil twins are not really alive per se. So that gives him carte blanche to kind of open up. Which is a point that I forgot to make note of later, but we'll come into a later issue. Um, Torch returns home. Uh, sorry, then he goes supernova on the rest of the Dark X-Men. Uh, Torch returns home to find the heroes have traced the source and are sending a super strike team, including, of course, our boy Wolverine. So the art in this one is not as good as the previous couple. The action's a little stiffer. Um, and the story's still fun. It's not. It's just not quite as good as the previous two issues of FF. So I'm going to give 368 four out of six claws. All right. So that's going to take us to Wonder Man number 13, uh, Double Trouble or Into Infinity, um, brought to you by writer Jerry Jones, pencils by Jeff Johnson, inks by Dan Panosian, letters by Pat Rousseau. Colors by Joe Rosas. Um, 
and the cover is by Johnson and Terry Austin. And we have Wonder Man, Thor, and Hercules flanked by a bunch of doppelgangers, including the original Wolverine doppelganger with the, the tattered cow and the, the finger spikes. Um, it's okay. It's not really great, to be honest. Um, so we pick up in the Super Brawl from Infinity War number two, and suddenly Wonder Man is in the middle of every scene. Uh, Scarlet Witch goes to get Dr. Druid and Agatha Harkness to help track uh, the Magus's mystical trail from when he snatched Reed and Tony. Uh, we get a snick for a cigarette lighter. Uh, Wonder Man and Beast ask Wolverine what he knows about the missing Hawkeye and Spider-Man. Wolverine is antagonistic but tells Wonder Man where he, where, uh, he saw them. So Wonder Man, Thor, and Hercules go to get him, but evil Wonder Man is waiting. Uh, Wonder Man is struggling with his powers to piss up a good fight while Thor and Herc uh, get Spidey and Hawkeye to the hospital. Uh, the Wonder Twin retreats, and Wonder Man returns to FF Plaza to join the Super Strike team. Uh, the story's okay, the art's okay. Um, it's kind of weird how there's some key scenes that we saw in the main event and Wonder Man wasn't really in him, and here he's like a central figure. Um, that's going to get a little more egregious as the Wonder Man tie-ins continue. Uh, it didn't bother me as much in this one. Uh, it's kind of typical, hey, this is where our character fits in. Um, yeah, and uh, Wolverine is definitely kind of snappy with Wonder Man. Um, you know, he blows cigar smoke and beast face again. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not a terrible scene. Uh, I'm going to give anyway uh, Wonder Man 13 3 out of 6 claws. So that is going to take us to Alpha Flight number 110, which is Bare Bones, written by Simon Furman, penciled by Pat Bod- Broderick, inks by Chris Ivey and Bruce Patterson, Letters by Janice Chang, bon Sharon does, Bob Sharon does the colors, and Broderick does the cover, which is the all-new, all-deadly Omega Flight. And these character designs are pretty cool. This is a pretty nice cover um, by Broderick. Um, so basically, we're deep in some ongoing Alpha Flight drama that I'm clueless about, but essentially in the middle of all the... Um, Representatives from Alpha Flight go to FF Plaza to be in, in Infinity War. Uh, Wolverine catches up with his pals and um, says he knows and doesn't trust who is under the Weapon Omega mask, but he will keep the secret for now. The art's pretty good. The story's really hard to tell. So, I've not read Alpha Flight at this point. Uh, for probably a little over a year other than that special we covered on the podcast. Um, So I was pretty lost as some of the subplot and backstory. It didn't seem terrible. Uh, The new Omega Flight, I don't know if they're all new characters or not, was pretty interesting. Like I said, some cool designs. Um, And the Broderick art's pretty good. Um, And the story, I just, I don't know. It's hard to judge, but judge it I must. Um, I'm going to give the issue overall Alpha Flight 110 3 out of 6 claws. That might have changed if I had previous issues, but they're not in Marvel Unlimited and I don't have them. So, 
I don't know. Speaking of not in Marvel Unlimited and not having, is Silver Surfer 68 and 69. So, nothing really to say there. Um, Doctor Strange 44 is next, uh, which has a really cool cover of Juggernaut uh, fighting Doctor Strange. Uh, so basically, as, as Galactus, Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, and Nova, uh, the Galactus Herald Nova, not uh, the Nova Core Nova. Um, anyway, as they travel between dimensions, they're attacked by Sidorak and his Crimson Bands. Uh, Strange and Nova get pulled into the Crimson Cosmos, where they encounter Juggernaut and Sidorak itself before returning to the ship. Uh, that's a really short version. That's This is a really good issue. Highly recommend uh, reading it. Um, Alright, Infinity War number 3 is next. Um, I think it's the same stuff. Let's see any differences. Uh, Ken Lopez as Wetterer this time. I think that might be different. Uh, this is Nefarious Rhapsodies, and this is a great cover. Uh, again, triple fold. And on the front, we have a center scene of Galactus. Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, and Nova in an explosion, exploding towards the reader. And then our heroes in various waves outside of that on the back. And then in the fold-out part, uh, the Magus and Thanos uh, smiling in glee. Alright, so here the heroes mistake uh, Magus for Morlock. Uh, I guess it happened too fast for them to see the purple skin, the man bun, or the overly smug grimace. Surely they would have known if they caught all those details. But anyway, uh, so they assume and are frankly quite frightened by the fact or possibility that Warlock and Thanos are in cahoots. Uh, we find out that Doom and Kang are following Galactus's ship on their inter interdimensional journey, but they're cloaked. Uh, meanwhile, Warlock and Infinity Watch have also discovered the mystery power and embark to trace it in their own way. Uh, the heroes find coordinates in Reed's computer that point uh, to the power source. Magus uh, had Evil Reed plant them. Um, he's basically using everyone for his master plan. Everyone is a pawn. Uh, Galactus detects Doomed Ship but Magus detects Galactus and blows his ship up. Uh, the Magus monologues about infinite power while War Warlock relays his doubts to Thanos. Um, you know, a very well-written juxtaposition there. Uh, my only problem is the Super Strike team is not consistent. Uh, for example, Archangel is not the group shot, but then he is in the dimensional jot. Um, not a big deal. I really would, would just say it's just different artists drawing different people from different perspectives. Depending on where the camera is, you see different characters. The only reason it kind of bugs me is they keep really harping on this idea that they can only transport so many bodies to this other dimension based on what they have available to them at the time. And so, if you're going to say that, I think it kind of needs to be a core group that stays the same. Um, otherwise, just teleport people and let people be there or not be there, depending on what is going on. Um, but yeah, but they really, really like make a really big deal. Like several times they mentioned, we can only take so many people on this teleportation apparatus. Um, so anyway, um, 
no, 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 no. So, um, the Magus sends another army of doppelgangers to fight the heroes left behind in FF Plaza. Uh-oh. Magus led the Infinity Watch and the Hero Expedition team to the same location. And we already know, remember, that our heroes are assuming that Warlock and Thanos are bad. That they're the ones that came in and, and brought the doppelgangers. Um, so cloaked Doom and King smile at the distraction and head on. This is a really awesome chapter. Uh, really fantastic, really fun. Of course, Wolverine is part of the strike team. I don't know if there's any particular thing he does in this issue. Let me scan through it real fast. But the art's really good. The story is compelling as all get out. It's just fantastic. Um, I'm going to give this chapter six out of six claws. Alright, that's going to take us to New Warriors number 27. Um, which is... What? Where are the credits? Anything? No, they're not. Ah, Dark Sides. Written, of course, by Fabian Nicieza. Uh, pencils by recent addition to the book, Derek Robertson. Inks by Larry Malstead. Letters by Joe Rosen. Colors by Kevin Tinsley. Uh, the cover is by Mark Bagley, who has recently left the book. And it's Speedball, Fighting Evil Speedball. Uh, you didn't demand it, but you got it anyway. Dark Ball. Um, it's a pretty good cover. Um, Alright, so basically Speedball goes to get pizza for the heroes, but he runs into his doppelganger. Um, the art is great. The story's not bad, but it's really not even a bad tie-in. I think since I'm reading New Warriors for the first time, this is an unfortunate interruption to the book. And it was really picking up steam, and then we kind of get this, like, ugh. And the only really character I don't like from Derek Robertson is his Hulk. He's like a little man-child. Um, yeah, Wolverine, he draws the wide fins on Wolverine. Uh, he, he's got a big cigarette. Him, him and the Thing are doing their cigar club at FF Plaza, so that's pretty fun. Um... Robinson's Speedball is probably better than Bagley's, I think. The thick inks really help with Speedball. Um, and, of course, he's the focus of the issue, so we get a lot of him. It looks really, really good. Um, I'm going to give the issue overall uh, a pretty solid 4 out of 6 claws. Alright, so moving along to Warlock and the Infinity Watch number 8. This is Interlude. Um... I know who writes it, but can I find the credits so I can do everybody else? Yeah, uh, Jim Starlin, the writer. This one is penciled by Tom Rainey, with inks by Keith Williams, Ian Laughlin on the colors, Jack Morelli on the letters. And Tom Rainey does the cover. We have Warlock's face in the background on some barren planet. Uh, then Gamora and Thanos are fighting with Moon Dragon laying on the ground below them. It's a very promising cover, you know, knowing Gamora and Thanos' history, and knowing she wasn't happy that um, Warlock is letting Thanos be in the Infinity Watch, so things come to a head, and it looks, looks very promising, lots of potential. Alright, so while Thanos recalibrates his mechanisms to further trace the source of the Magus power, he also gets under everyone's skin. Go figure. Uh, Gamora has a vision of Adam on a cosmic cross. 
in uh, in the Magus reality, the Thanos double begins to have rebellious thoughts. Uh, back on the planetoid, Gamora confronts Adam, saying she also saw a new affinity gauntlet. Adam thinks the time gem is showing her the, the future, but tells her not to worry about it and walks off to mope. Uh, Thanos picks the wrong time to interject, so they scuffle. Um, Drax wants in on the action, because his whole purpose was to fight Thanos originally, um, but Thanos and Gamora tell him to butt out with their fist. Um, they then fight to a standstill. Adam and Pip talk, while Omnipotent Warlock expunges, expunged all the good and evil from his being, leaving only logic. Um, the Magus was recreated from his evil. Also, while morally, while morally confused now by some of the choices he maintains his selections for the watch must be uh, unquestionably right because they were made by pure logic. Then our heroes show up on a great last page. This is a really good book. Starlin, of course, is a fantastic writer. I won't get into all like, the conversation, but there's a lot of really good like, dialogue and just kind of insight into character work here that works really, really well. Um, you know, particularly with Thanos and, and Adam, who are probably his two faves, right? His two kids in this book. Um, yeah, the, the the fighting between Gamora and Thanos looks awesome. Rainy does a really good job with it. Um, and then the last page is amazing. Our heroes show up. And a nice double-page spread. Wolverine, of course, is there in a very, like, almost... Uh, Street Fighter pose where there's almost a motion to it his pose like kind of the, the fighting game bounce if you will um, but yeah all our heroes are there uh, Gamora launches at She-Hulk Thanos goes damnation in his uh, Mobius chair um, yeah this is a great issue very easy 6 out of 6 claws uh, the Warlock tie-ins and the Doctor Strange tie-ins do the bulk of the lifting. The Fantastic Four ones are pretty good. And then kind of all the rest is all the rest. And speaking of that, let's go to Quasar number 38, which is going to basically just uh, counteract what I just said. Uh, Whose War Is This Anyway? Uh, written by Martin Gruenwald, penciled by Greg Capullo, inks by Harry Condelario, letters by Janice Cheng, and Paul... Vecton does the colors. The cover is by Capullo. And we have Quasar fighting Warlock. And then other heroes like Hulk versus Thanos. Moon Dragon versus Strong Guy. Nova versus nobody else. Uh, and then Wolverine versus Drax, which we don't get in the issue, but it's a really nice cover image. Um, so a really good cover. Basically, Quasar joins the hero expeditionary force when they arrive to find the watch, including Thanos. Uh, Cap advises caution, but many heroes, including Wolverine, of course, immediately go into attack mode. Uh, yellow Lantern, I mean Quasar, throws a yellow quantum bubble field around the watch. Uh, Xavier attempts a mind scan, but is blocked by Moondragon. Quasar makes Cap a yellow space megaphone to call a T.O. However, Thanos blasts through the dome, escalating the confrontation. Fights and fights and fights. 
Quasar finds Warlock in an attempt to talk, but Warlock is not in the mood. Quasar tries to absorb the soul gem power with his quantum bands. Warlock tells Quasar about Magus before the soul gem expels them apart, uh, knocking Quasar out. Uh, this is a really good issue. Uh, definitely the strongest of the Quasar tie-ins. Uh, really good art. I will say the early Capullo... Candelario combination has has hints of like eighties uh, John Romina Jr. Um, and that's that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um, it's definitely there. Uh, you know, Warlock and Quasar arguing is interesting. Uh, there's some cool panels of Wolverine um, as he goes into the the fracas um, or fracas, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, him and Cyclops do some nice teaming up and then I guess that's about it but I'm going to give Quasar 38 6 out of 6 claws so that's going to take us to Doctor Strange 45 an awesome cover um, but following the disintegration of Galactus's ship uh, Death tries to trick Doctor Strange into surrendering but his will to live allows his escape advise Galactus the time he needs to reconstitute both himself and his counterparts. It's a really nice issue. Uh, again, recommend it. Even though there's no Wolverine, and so I'm not going to go into details, definitely enjoy it. Um, Infinity War number four. Uh, Double Trouble, again. Or Mortiferous Artifice. <laughs> um, we have an extra... Colors, uh, Laughlin and Stein do the colors. Everything else is the same. Uh, this cover is pretty awesome. Um, we have our heroes folding out against our doppelgangers. Uh, Wolverine is front and center on the back. On the front is Captain America throwing his shield at Evil Cap, which looks great. Um, we have Cyclops blasting someone away. We see where the beam hits the person. We don't see who the person is. Um... Yeah, so it's another really good cover. Um, Alright, so basically, uh, the Magus, the <laughs> I hate that word, um, observes the, the contingent of heroes battle Infinity Watch, and the remaining heroes batter, battle their doppelgangers at home. Following his reincorporation, Galactus considers whether his powerful unseen enemy will require using the ultimate nullifier, uh, Schrodinger's ultimate nullifier. Uh, back at the Battle Royale, uh, just keeping score on Wolverine, he helps take down Gamora. Uh, we need more of that. I could have used a lot more of that fight. More pages, more panels. But anyway, we get one little panel of him take, helping take down Gamora. Then he pops his claws on Moon Dragon before Pip crushes a rock on his head. Which, somehow, even with the adamantium skull, like, knocks him for a loop. Um... So, uh, meanwhile, back on Earth, our heroes are superior, but every time a doppelganger dies, a new one comes to replace it. Uh, Doom and Kang, still cloaked, arrive at uh, Magus HQ. Galactus and company arrive at the Relay, which is... So, basically, there's, like, this, this planetoid where they found the power. It's like a relay for the Magus's power beams uh, from his dimension back to our dimension. 
I don't really know a better way to describe it. Starlin kind of hand waves it a little bit. Um, it's still cool, but not a whole lot of detail about it. Um, so anyway, um, they arrive at the relay and beam all the heroes and Infinity Watch onto a ship. Uh, Doom and Kang discover the true power source is five cosmic cubes. They're not all cubes, though. They're different shapes. So five cosmic geometries. Um, Galactus sends a negative energy beam along a transmission from the Magus, destroying all the doppelgangers. Uh, Galactus uses science machines to get a story recap. Uh, Thanos posits that Warlock will have to reabsorb the Magus, but he may not be willing to. Um, but without also reabsorbing his goodness, will he just become a worse monster? And we don't know where his goodness is at this point. Uh, we know the evil is in the Magus, the goodness is somewhere else, or someone else. Uh, Galactus sends Thor back to the moon. Something about Mjolnir like collecting data and sending it back on these transmission waves again kind of some hand waving there I mean it's, it's a cool concept I don't know how much sense it makes or how it works but you don't really need to to enjoy the story I don't think um anyway he and the watchers see two earths and two moons so we start figuring out the Magus' real master plan you know he's from counter earth right and he never felt at home or whatever but his idea is to take his world of, of evil doppelgangers and evil evilness and overlay our dimension and then you know repopulate it with with doppelganger type uh, beings um so yeah so we see that physically you can see another earth and another moon coming um adam reforms the infinity gauntlet in a great scene uh, he gets the gems back from the watch, including the reality gem, which we don't, that's been a secret. That's been the big secret of the Infinity Watch book, is who did he give the reality gem to? Um, the watch survives either he had it the whole time and used the mystery guardian as a red herring, or one of the heroes who are now here had it, which is an interesting theory. I think from the beginning, I thought it was Thanos, so we'll see. Um, however, the thing is, the Infinity Gauntlet doesn't work. Per the Living Tribunal, whenever the gems are together, they are useless. So Galactus, uh, choosing Gamora to represent the Watch, calls a cosmic meaning to try and change the Tribunal's mind. Uh, Magix ports in, grabs Adam in the Gauntlet, and ports out. Thanos determines that the Magix uh, double versus merging with our own to replace it. Captain America takes charge and starts handing out assignments, which I loved. Um, Thanos grabs the ultimate nullifier. Wolverine pops his claws, but Cyclops tempers his temper. Uh, Thanos, however, is not willing to use it, as it can destroy and most likely will destroy the user. And he needs someone with immense power to go to the Magus dimension and fire it. Quasar volunteers. Um, yeah, continue, great art, great story. This story's so interesting. Um, Wolverine looks great when he shows up. He's in some of the fight scenes. Um, and there's a scene where he pops his claws on Thanos, which is pretty great. Um, and he's, you know, willing to, to go to fight him to get rid of the uh, uh, ultimate nullifier. It's kind of weird he gets knocked out with the rock, but it looks good, so it's fine. 
Um, yeah, just another really great issue. Um, totally awesome. Um, trying to find the scene where Thanos grabs an nullifier and Wolverine's like, uh uh, Bub. Uh, it's towards the back here. Yeah. But Cyclops calms him down. And, you know, that's that. And so. I'm going to give Infinity Watch number four another six out of six claws. I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Alright. Wonder Man number 14 is an okay cover. Warlock or Infinite Memory. With emphasis on war, it's emphasized. Um, Gerard Jones is the writer on this one. Uh, Jeff Johnson, the penciler. Dan Fenosian, the inker. Pat Brousseau, letters. Joe Rose's colors. Uh, Johnson and Terry Austin again do the cover. Similar to the Doctor Strange cover, we have Galactus holding his hand out and Warlock and Wonder Man fighting in the palm of his hand. Um, I think the weird thing about this book is Johnson does just a really kind of different look for Wonder Man than I'm used to. Um, I don't know. It's just it's interesting. So it kind of turns me off on the art a little bit. But um, anyway, it's a decent cover. So, a lot of the other tie-ins repeat scenes, but show it from the perspective, right? So they show us either the moments between the moments or expand the narrative based on their character's involvement. Wonder Man literally shows us previous scenes that didn't really have much Wonder Man and insert him as though he were a linchpin in the whole narrative. It's weird. It's like the Wonder Man book is like, I really want to be part of this tie-in, part of this event, and I want to be a central character, but Jim Starlin was like, you know what, I don't really need Wonder Man to do that much. I mean, yeah, he's here. See, look, he's in the back over there, and he's in this corner, but I mean... He's not really what I'm focusing on, but what if, if you only read the Wonder Man tie-ins, you would think he was like the third most important character in this event. And I know tie-ins are supposed to highlight the characters of the book, show how they fit in, show what they were doing. The interesting thing about Wonder Man is that he doesn't do much in the event, and I don't know, this book just makes him feel so inflated. And it's important that it kind of rubs me the wrong way and really makes me like, uh, I don't really enjoy this book. So I'm going to give Wonder Man 18 2 out of 6 claws. Um, so Silver Sable 4 and 5. Two really good covers. Um, I think, so Gregory Wright is a writer. Stephen Butler, who I didn't know before this, is the penciler. Uh, James Sanders III is the inker. Joe Rose is the colors. Uh, Jade... Meany is the letters. I think that's the same in issue 5. Let's check. Yeah. That's the same. On the covers, we have Silver Sable versus Doctor Doom. They're both good covers. Um, so anyway, in these, um, unable to find Doom, because he's off with uh, Kang, uh, his doppelganger decides to just replace him anyway. Uh, this includes sabotaging a dinner with Silver Sable, an annual dinner they have together. Uh, fights and hijinks ensue until the Doppel turns back into alien slugs due to Galactus's machinations. Uh, so I don't, again, never really heard of this artist, but he's pretty good. Almost sounds like a Jim Ballant light feel. Like this, the art in this book kind of feels like the Catwoman art of the same time. Not quite as sexualized, 
Though Silver Sable is definitely quote-unquote sexy in the book, but it's not quite as gratuitous. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty decent book art-wise. The, uh, the story is fine-ish. Uh, I'll give both of these three out of six claws. Um, I did not read Guardians of the Galaxy 27th and 29. They are, are, they are on Marvel Unlimited, but I haven't been reading the series thus far, and honestly, I know people really love that book. I can't really get into it. Also, just maybe another thing I'm not supposed to feel as a comic book nerd. Don't really... I'm sure he's a nice guy. I, I, well, I, I'm not sure. 90s creators, you never know. Um, I don't really know anything either way about the guy personally. So, nothing to say about that. Creative output-wise, I'm just not a big Valentino fan. I'm just not. I think his art's okay, his storytelling's okay. I'm just not really into it. So anyway, I could have read these three chapters and I just decided not to. <laughs> so, and Wolverine's not in them, so there's no reason, podcast-wise, for me to feel like I have to. So, next up is Alpha Flight number 111, which is Bare Bones Part 2. Same creative team. This cover by Roderick is not as good. We have Wild Child fighting Weapon Omega. Which they're the same person. I don't know if that's common knowledge or if this is a reveal. Again, haven't really been able to read this book much um, in 1992, so I'm not sure. Um, so, Heather freezes as our heroes fight Infinity Watch. But Wolverine gives her a pep talk prior to tackling Gamora. And then other Alpha Flight stuff. This is a very Midland book. It's not as it was not as much fun as the previous episode. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this two out of six claws. I mean, Broderick's Wolverine looks fine, um, and he does kind of talk Heather into like we got a fight with the snicked and a cigar. Um, and she's like, well, that wasn't much of a pep talk, but that was a decent one. But it's a little gruffer than she wanted. She wanted some rainbows and cupcakes, and he gave her reality, the real world. Um. Anyway, yeah. All right. So next up, we have Mark Spector, Moon Knight, forty-one through forty-three. Um. I think these are all the same. Let me check real fast. Um. Gonna be written by Terry Cavanaugh. Pencils by Gary Quapsis, maybe. Inks by Tom Palmer. Colors by Mike Thomas. Ken Lopez does the letters. And the cover is by Quapsis. It's not the same, sorry. There's a jam issue in the middle. Uh, 41. And the cover is Evil Moon Knight versus Moon Knight. And then Evil Franklin Richards trying to take over Franklin Richards. Odd that that story is part of Moon Knight and not Fantastic Four, but... Anyway, it's an okay cover. Uh, so while doppelgangers attack the remaining heroes, Moon Knight uh, saves Franklin Richards from both of their doppelgangers, but not before evil Moon Knight siphons some of Franklin's power, which he uses to absorb other Moon Knights from across the multiverse, becoming Moonshane. So the art's not very good, and the story's pretty meh. Uh, two out of six claws. Uh, 42, the cover is a little better. Uh, same guy, but it just focuses on Moon Knight versus the Doppelganger. Um, and it's, it's, it's better. 
of some basically Moon Knight and Moon Shade fight across the multiverse. I won't go into it because there's no Wolverine in this one. He was barely in the other one. He's just in one of those corner scenes. Um, but there is a tag team of cool artists on this book. Um, you know, including Klaus Janssen, Kelly Jones of Batman fame, uh, and Norm Brayfogle of Batman fame. Um, so there's a lot of Batman-looking poses and art in this book, but it looks really good. The story is, is not great. Um, and then, uh, Moon Knight 43, pretty terrible cover. Uh, basically after defeating Moonshane, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, after defeating Moonshane, Moon Knight is returned to our universe where he helps our heroes fight the doppelgangers until Galactus turns them to mush. That's, uh, that's the Moon Knight issues there. Uh, that's going to take us next to Quasar number 39, which is a nice cover um, by this time Steve Lytle, uh, who will be the guy taking over because Capullo is jumping over to X-Force. Uh, so this one is To Be or Not To Be, written by Mark Gruenwald, penciled by Steve Lytle. Cando uh, and Ario and McKenna are the inkers. Janice Cheng does the letters. Paul Beckkin does the colors. Um... On our cover, we have Thanos in the background in space, his red eyes twinkling, and Quasar versus Death Urge, which is a cool design. He's black with uh, white boots and white gloves, and a white cape which V's around the neck. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool cover. Pretty great, actually. Um, Alright, so basically, Quasar goes to the Cosmic Library to learn more about the Ultimate Nullifier. He is attacked by Death Urge, who serves Oblivion, to make sure he has what it takes. Quasar refuses to give in to Oblivion with a lowercase o, um, but is resolved to use the weapon anyway, convinced he can find a way to do so without sacrificing himself. So, we had Steve Lytle in a recent uh, MCP story and did not like his art very much. It's actually pretty good in this issue. Um, so, definitely a step up for him. Um, the story is kind of Diet Starlin. It's like Jim Starlin Light. Uh, using you know, the Oblivion concept and kind of the cosmic entities and even the the plot and characterization feel kind of Starlin-esque by Gruenwald. Um, but not quite the same level. Um, I'm going to give, though, Quasar 39 a very solid 4 out of 6 claws. This is definitely interesting and good, but maybe not as good as some of the other parts of the event. Alright, that's going to take us to Infinity War number 5, the penultimate chapter. See, I'm humming now, guys. Um, let's see, any change? This is Psycho Machia. Uh, no creative change. Another great cover, um, which has Doom and King zapping the Magus on the front. And then we have the Cosmic Entities on the back. And then Warlock uh, being crucified on the foldout with our heroes kind of in faded color in the background. And so, um, I'm actually going to have to stop here. So, I just described the cover. i got to go uh, do something else, and I'll come back and pick up on Infinity War number 5. Okay, I'm back. So, I think I had just finished talking about the cover to Infinity War number 5. Um, so, now we're going to talk about the insides. Um, Alright, so back in his base, uh, the magic... The magic. The Magus swipes uh, the Infinity Gauntlet from Adam 
Adam protests that the, the Living Tribunal had stripped the power, but Magus is confident that will be reversed thanks to his manipulations. Meanwhile, Professor X, Jean Grey, Psylocke, and Moondragon are trying an old X-Men trick from the Phoenix days to join every mind on Earth to psychically defend against the merging planets. Uh, Thanos sends Quasar to Magus with the ultimate nullifier, uh, but Quasar hesitates. Actually, we find out he's not really hesitating, he just can't figure out how to work it. <laughs> Even though he spent all that time in the library. Um, anyway, um, so there are uh, uh, Thanos moves to Plan B then, uh, which consists of a direct assault by himself and Drax. Um, Calf worries that if Thanos wins, Captain America, I mean, worries that if Thanos wins, he'll just uh, take the Magus power for himself. And so he insists that the other heroes also come along. It's a really cool moment where he, like, taps Thanos on the shoulder. Like, hey, wait a second, buddy. Which, you know, not quite the same power uh, from the Infinity Gauntlet story where he marches up to Thanos as kind of the last man standing. But it's still cool that, you know, Captain America is just very not intimidated by Thanos. He's a super intimidating bad guy. Um, so I love that. love that part. Uh, it's not a Cap-centric story by any stretch. Um, probably denoting the lack of tie-ins in his own book. But he very much takes control, shows strength in the, in the event, which I really enjoy. Um... Anyway, where was I? Uh, so, so Thanos uh, reluctantly agrees. Uh, the Magus monologues. Uh, Galactus is still believing that Adam possesses the Infinity Gauntlet, so he appeals to the Living Tribunal to reverse his ruling on the gems. The Tribunal says, you know what? I'm going to defer to Eternity. Oh, wait. Eternity is catatonic. Ah, he's in a cosmic coma. What can we do? Uh, so Doom and King then uncloaked to attack the Magus, but Adam, sensing their own thirst for power, actually helps the Magus defeat them as he breaks off of his, um, out of his binds. Um, back in Cosmic Court, uh, somehow Galactus sends Gamora inside Eternity to wake him up. So Eternity rules in Galactus's favor, and the Tribunal reactivates the Infinity Gauntlet, um, which, of course, gives Magus all the power, near omnipotence. Um, so he then causes the ultimate nullifier to backfire, which erases Quasar, and um, he slides comfortably into omnipotence. Accidentally FaceTime my wife. I'm sure she will FaceTime me right back. So we'll get another small interruption there. Um, anyway, um, yeah. Hey, that was an accident. Oh, okay. I thought I was like, oh no. No, no, you're, everything's good. Okay. All right. Love you. I love you. Bye. Bye. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so. Nullifier backfires, quasars erased, and the Magus slips comfortably into omnipotence. Our heroes arrive to face a vast army of doppelgangers, and Thanos sneaks off to find Magus, but is confronted by other Thanos. There's a lot happening in this book. It's really, really good. Art's really strong, story's really strong, the action is moving along. 
another six out of six claws for Infinity Wars. Really everything but the first chapter so far has been. And that went from really good to then everything else just being really, really great. All right. Next up is Fantastic Four 369. The Return of Dominatrix Sue, or Mouse, as she's otherwise known. I don't think there's any change here. On the cover is Malice, standing giant with the heroes around her. Very reminiscent of the Phoenix cover, where the Phoenix is punching through the logo. Um, yeah, an homage to several covers that are very similar to that. But anyway, that's what we have here. Then we don't have Ryan after. I always like on homages where the artist signs the name, signs it after someone. I think that's cool. Uh, we don't get that here, though. In fact, I can't even find a signature at all. It may be covered up by the 30th anniversary Spider-Man doohickey. All right, so anyway, during the scene where Galactus got a psychic plot recap from the heroes, Sue is mentally confronted by Malice, and they integrate their personalities together. Has very little to do with this event, but will have major ramifications for Fantastic Four going forward. Uh, the art, again, on this one is a little bit okay. I wonder if Ryan getting, was getting rushed by the double ship. Oh, no. This one's not double shipped, so I don't know. Uh, so we see Wolverine in the recap and stuff. Um, story, not much new added in this chapter. Um, is basically a lot of repeated or turned around panels from the Infinity War number 5. Um, it's an okay issue. Three out of six claws. Um, next up is Quasar number 40. Um, Null and Void. Uh, Mark Gruenwald, the writer. This time Steve Lytle is assisted by Andy Smith on pencils. Uh, Mark McKenna and Ralph Cabrera on the inks. Janice Chang on the letters. Paul Beckton on the colors. Uh, the cover is by Lytle. And it's not bad. It's basically... Uh, Quasar getting ultimately nullified, as it says on the cover, by a white bubble. And then Captain America, Wolverine, and Thing look on metaphorically from space. Um, so after nullification, Quasar goes to the realm of manifestations, where he is finally obscured by Oblivion and Kid Reaper. Sorry, Kid Reaper. The art in this book looks great. Lionel and Smith really do a good job, especially in the, the alternate dimension scenes where everything's kind of in white and black with little hints of color. Um, looks really good. There's a side plot with her that also looks pretty good. Uh, her is, you remember Adam Warlock was originally called him, and her is his, his female counterpart. Um, uh, Kid Reaper looks cool. It's like, uh, remember Karate Kid when they wore like the skeleton costumes that were like black suits and white bones outlined? Um, it's like that where he's got like a, a death hood from the death figure in Marvel, like the blue cloak and hood, and then he has a scythe, a reaper scythe. Um, it's a pretty cool look. Visually, this book's kind of a treat. Story is okay. Um, again, some, uh, some Gruenwald doing Starlin light. Um, and it works in some ways and doesn't work in other ways. Um, well, yeah, I would give Quasar number 40 a solid 4 out of 6 claws. Alright, Warlock and Infinity Watch number 9. No Wolverine cameo in this one. It is an awesome cover um, by Angel Medina, who was the other regular artist on this book. And basically it's Thanos and Galactus with puppet strings holding Gamora. Um, so, so 
basically we see that Gamora went to eternity, went into eternity to find and free his inner essence. We also get a back story of a time when she was beaten near to death in the spaceport and Thanos made her new body. There's also some pretty heavy indications that she was maybe raped by this gang of space outlaws. Um, not a huge fan of that that trope in comics as a backstory for trauma. But either way, she was beaten and abused and, and almost killed by this group of, of uh, space thugs. And Thanos collects her, you know, have, after already having kind of raised her, um, collects her, builds her like a new skeletal system. So she's not like a cyborg, like uh, MCU Gamora, I'm sorry, MCU Nebula. But, you know, she does get a, a new body. Um, and continues to become like the ultimate fighter, the most dangerous woman in the galaxy, which we know and love. Um, this is a pretty good issue, if not maybe a couple of problematic uh, inferences. Again, nothing like definitely stated, but there's a lot of code in the script for implied um, abuse of other kinds besides just being beaten. Um, and I'll, just, I'll leave that at that. Um, so next up we have Doctor Strange, 46 and 47. Uh, I've really enjoyed the Doctor Strange tie-ins up to this point. They get a little weaker here. Uh, basically, uh, Doctor Strange and Friends, which would be Scarlet Witch, uh, Shaman, Doctor Druid, and Agatha Harkness, a return to Earth to find his doppelganger and the Doctor Strange from Counter-Earth. And of course they fight and eventually win. Um, Wonder Man number 15 is a um, I think the same creative team is at Shadow of the Infinite, uh, Gerard Drones, Jeff Johnson, Dan Pen Yeah, same team. This cover is kind of cool. It's Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci's, uh, whatever, the human figure, the man, Adam, I think is what it's called. I don't remember. Denise, if she was still on FaceTime, would ridicule me. But, um, anyway, um, it's that. But it's in black and white, and one side of the page is white with black, and the other side is black with white. Um, a domino-type cover. It's a pretty cool cover. Um, so basically, as the heroes go after Magus, Wonder Man cuts loose on his doppelganger, has some internal struggle. It's, it's an okay cover. I would give it a solid three out of six claws. <laughs> or maybe a not. I always feel weird when I say solid three out of six. Solid four makes sense. Solid three is like, eh, just kind of middle of the road. Alright. Anyway, Warlock and the Infinity Watch number 10. Another great cover of Thanos versus Thanos. Um, but basically, Thanos defeats and eats his other in <laughs> a killer issue, also restoring his true nature. No Wolverine in this one at all, not even in, in the cutscenes, but. A really, really great issue by Starlin and Medina. Um, and so so basically what happens in, in a way that only Starlin can do, after he defeats his counterpart, the other Thanos like turns into like a butterfly or something, or his energy, and then our Thanos like catches it and eats it, and like reabsorbs like some of the darker parts of his personality. And he doesn't go like full villain, but he definitely returns to who Thanos is. It's a really 
weird scene. Like he eats the essence of, and there's a there's a panel where as he's eating it, like you get a close up on his face, and there's like butterfly guts drooling down his chin, and like a wing hanging out of his mouth. It's kind of gruesome, but pretty rad. Um, and sets up our last chapter. It's again the Warlock and Infinity Watch continues to be a fantastic book that I cannot recommend enough. So, our finale, Infinity War number six. Um, any change? It says animus engagement. Yeah, no changes here. Uh, the cover has on the front the Magus front and center with the Infinity Gauntlet and a rainbow of power coming out from the gauntlet. On the back, all our heroes on boulders or asteroids, including Wolverine. And then, similar to the number one cover, where we had the Magus head and the Thanos head facing each other, here we have a bookends of the of two Thanos heads, so our two Thanoses. Two Thani? I don't know. Anyway, cool cover. Uh, so, Magus prepares for victory as he snaps, like the movie and the comic, away his doppelgangers and snaps Galactus and the heroes into a trophy room in a kind of stasis. He's about to erase Adam when Thanos bursts in. They scuffle, but uh, Magus appears to get the upper hand. However, during the scuffle, Adam comes down off his cross, literally, um, and grabs the Infinity Gauntlet, not off of Magus, but like, like puts his hand over it, like they're both holding it in a way. Um, and this begins a battle of the gods, bending reality around them. Uh, like, literally in the art, like, bending reality around them. Um, so Galactus pulls everyone into a ship, providing a temporary refuge from the cosmic destruction. Uh, the conjoined eternity and infinity show up to punish Magus as Galactus tries to carry his ship beyond the cosmic disruption. Everything literally explodes. However, our heroes are instantly back at their respective headquarters, so it appears that Adam was victorious and all is good. But then people wonder, well, what kind, is, is he God again? Um, however, back at Monster Island with the Infinity Watch, Adam is catatonic, so they're not, they don't need to worry about that piece specifically, and the Infinity Gems have been redistributed to the Watch. Here, Thanos reveals that he created a very good facsimile of the reality gem for Adam to use in the gauntlet, so when Magnus stole it, he was near omnipotent, but, but still slightly vulnerable. So we also don't know who has the real reality gem, still. I still think it could be Thanos, and he used it or an intimate knowledge of it to create the fake, but we're not told that. Um, Eternity pops in to reveal that he is reinstituting the prohibition of the Union of the Gems this time forever. Bye! And he, he goes off. So basically, again, the Gems are powerful by themselves, but cannot come together in any kind of gauntlet, shoe, or leisure suit. The Infinity Leisure Suit is my proposal for the next Marvel event. Um, anyway, uh, Thanos departs not wanting any more confrontation at the moment with either the Infinity Watch or the heroes that might be looking for him. Inside the Soul Gem, uh, Magic is trapped on Soul World. Sorry, not Magic. Magus is trapped on Soul World. However, 
since he was created from a part of Adam and not a whole soul, so it doesn't really get into the whole ethics or or moral argument of whether clones are whole people or whatever. He is definitely not in this instance. Um, and so even on Soul World, he has no substance. He realizes he, he casts no shadow. Uh, people walk right through him. So he's he's not only on Soul World, which is kind of a ghostly existence anyway, but he's even a ghost of ghosts um, on Soul World. Uh, Thanos returns home and wonders two things. Where are the five cosmic geometries? And now that Adam's evil has been defeated, where is his good? And are those two answers the same? And we as the readers see that yes, they are, we think. Or maybe Thanos is imagining. But we see the good form of Adam Warlock in a glowing female form. And she is in a uh, yoga meditation type pose floating in space with actually eight in this picture cosmic uh, cubes in different shapes floating around her. And I believe there's another infinity event that, that comes after that, but I've never read it. So I'm sure we'll get answers to that later. Alright, before we completely close down, there is two more issues that kind of wrap up Infinity War. One is Fantastic Four number 370 which is the same creative team. This is Forever Evil. Um, on the cover, we have our warped heroes of Reed, The Thing, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, Silver Surfer, Hulk, Galactus, and Wolverine being warped. Um, and it's a pretty cool cover. Uh, so during the final battle, Ben and Johnny fight over FF values, which I thought was kind of interesting, but then I remembered that Johnny had already discovered that the doppelgangers are not really alive. So why ben, why he doesn't just tell Ben, hey, I'm not being uber-violent or losing our moral code. These these just aren't real life forms, so I can burn them all to a crisp and it doesn't matter. You don't need to worry about it. But instead, he argues with Ben about whether the Fantastic Four are outdated and whether they need to be more like 90s heroes, like the Punisher and stuff. Um, so they argue about that while they're fighting. Uh, Anyway, we also find out that Invisible Sue was wandering around the Magus base, and she actually helps Thanos win against the other Thanos. I don't really like that. Not because I don't like Sue having the power to intervene. That's fine. But it was not uh, inferred in that issue number nine where they fought, and that was such a good issue. I hate adding extra pieces to it that don't really make sense or matter because there was so much going on there with Thanos fighting his other self, and we don't need this part from Sue. Um, but anyway, she also finds Reed, Tony, and the others who were actually replaced. And then we continue to go through the battle, and then once home, Sue basically says that Reed is worthless. Now we know that's probably a little bit of malice speaking, but either way, um, and then also, portent for future Fantastic Four issues that Elijah returns. She's resurrected by some scrolls. Um, it's a good art. Okay story. I gave it three out of six claws. There's also Alpha Flight 112, which has no Wolverine. No recap or anything. And also really is not really a tie-in. It has the banner. It is listed in the reading order. But honestly, like, 
they're aware of the two world thing and then it's gone and then just alpha flight stories so i'm not really going to say any more than that so i think overall i would give the event six out of six claws for the main series and the tie-ins are probably in the three to four range i know i only gave number one technically five out of six claws but i think you know the event as a whole the, the miniseries was six out of six overall you know the average is a five point like nine or something um and then the tie-ins like i said range and quality some better than others i would say the first handful of dr strange issues are awesome uh the last two with the kind of the the coven of of mystical heroes is not as interesting uh the warlock and the infinity watch issues are all awesome um the Silver Surfer issues were actually pretty good. The Fantastic Four were of various quality. And then the rest was just kind of... You know, actually I was surprised by how good the Quasar issues were. Uh, the first one was excellent, and the rest were pretty good too. Uh, that was a little bit of a, of a pleasant surprise. So, anyway, that is Infinity War. I said it would be quick, and man, we are. Like, right, going to be right around an hour and a half by the time I edit everything. Um... So, yeah, so definitely look forward to hearing Al go into much more detail on this on Resurrections podcast and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast very much. And, you know, Al, if you want, I would love. I know you you, uh, have guys that are doing the main Infinity Stories with you already. But if you need any guest opinion, uh, I would love a chance to go deeper into some of the Starlin attributes of this book. Uh, around Adam and Thanos and um, the Magus themselves. Because, you know, I kind of skimmed over that for plot reasons. Um, you know, this being a Wolverine podcast, but but really, really enjoyed it and would love a chance to, to talk more about that. Or if listeners, you want to get some more conversation going, you can tweet or Facebook. Uh, so any questions or opinions you have about the event, and I can talk some more about it with uh, some feedback on the future episodes. So, speaking of future episodes, next, and I'm not exactly sure how this is going to play out as far as where it'll be. Um, I may just double up the audio for this feed, or you may need to find it on their respective feeds. But the next thing we do will be the, the X-Over song, <laughs> which is our, pos- our, our podcast crossover event for the 90s X-Men event Executioner's song with the Cable Guide podcast and its calibers. I'm very excited about that. Um, I've already started reading it. I'm not to give too much away, but really enjoyed the first couple of chapters. I remember enjoying it as a kid and have not read it in a long, long time and you know didn't know how I would feel, but so far, I, I think it'll be a really fun podcasting experience. So looking forward to that for sure. And then, of course, Ten of Swords will also be wrapping up um, over Thanksgiving week. I don't know when exactly we'll be able to get to record on that again with the holiday, but we will do that very soon. So it's event central around here, man. We had Shattershot, we had Infinity War, we have Executioner's Song, uh, and current books, we have Ten of Swords, just events, events, events. So there you go. All right, anyway, for the Wolverine podcast that goes snicked, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast, and show notes and stuff are at podbean.com. So, as always, please continue to stay safe out there. Please be smart uh, around the holiday and the holidays. 
Um, I know a lot of places are starting to see another pretty big spike in cases. Please take care of yourselves, guys. Um, and until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked.